I think you are totally off base on that. I completely disagree. You make a good point. You know what? I agree. Oh my gosh, Billy. I cannot tell you how excited I am to see your beautiful face again. You said, oh my gosh. What are you, like six? I mean, that's just how I was raised, but <laughs> like... Yeah, well, I, you got me. I can never say anything, uh, anything bad about Mama and Papa Stanley, so... Uh... <laughs> I assume yeah. you're talking about the fact that you cannot see my face. Well, uh, I'm I'm talking about the fact that we haven't recorded an episode in three weeks. I don't give the game away. We were we we've been on it every week. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's not like one episode was a continuation of a continuation of a continuation, but yes. Yes, that is exactly what's happening. Um, <laughs> it feels it feels weird after so long. We pre, you know this you know pre-recording and sending it away is just like oh. You know, I, I don't have to record for a while. It's nice. But now I'm just like, ah. I missed it. I into the studio. I, I missed Yeah. I, I missed yeah. It. No, no. It definitely feels like something has been missing. Something has been lacking. <laughs> well, in more ways than one for me. But I, uh, I'll, you know, I feel you. <laughs> uh, I can't speak for you. But uh, how are you doing, Jesse? Welcome, everyone, to this episode of uh, Dice Drinks and Discourse. That's what we're D-D-D. doing. I'm Billy. I'm Jesse. And I'm Billy because I think we talked over each other. But yeah. Well, that's um, fine. <laughs> Uh, yeah. What's it's going been, on? Well, so I, like, obviously we said in a previous episode that I was moving to Texas. I'm not moving to Texas for a, a while now. Things have Boo. just, things have just happened to where other things have happened and life has gotten in the way. Um, but that to be said, uh, that being said, uh, it's kind of like the audio for the past three weeks. It's got some little bit of glitches, but we're going to get it back on track. Yeah. <laughs> i couldn't say, couldn't have said it better myself that's a yeah. nice metaphor yeah. um it, it, so i'm glad to have you around for a little bit longer and uh hopefully yes uh, we'll fix that audio apologies to, anyone, to uh <laughs> the previous but uh, well we're, we're onward and upward that's what I said. onward what and we, upward what do we got in front of us today jesse what are we drinking well valentine's day is coming up billy yeah in just a few short days you and your loved ones and or yourself will be enjoying a fine holiday and how better to celebrate the holiday than by uh, drinking can't wait for all that discount chocolate <laughs> <laughs> yeah all right let's give this a shot cheers well yeah cheers hmm all right all right yeah i uh i have a confession to make yes uh, so, so i'm i'm very busy um Today Did you, were you not able to find any passion fruit liqueur? I didn't even look. Um, what are you using I, I, instead? I, I used crayon. I used a good old crayon. And you know what? Pretty pretty good. Pretty well, good. I, it's good to know that you can use cranberry for it. I so, use passion fruit, and it's delicious. Yes. Um, like, we've made we've made substitutions before when we couldn't uh, get around to something. But I think, I think this, you know, it's a little sharper. It's a little less, I think, cohesive than probably what you have because I think the the sweetness of the passion fruit would really pull it tie, all together. Yeah, but, tie it together. Because that's what's at, happening here. Yeah, but it's at least uh, it's at least thematically appropriate. It's all, all red. Yeah, I mean, um, mine is more of a pinkish color, so mm. I don't know. Like, it's I, the grenadine kind of made it more pinkish than red. Yeah, so I, I'm definitely going to finish this up at some point. <laughs> but we are currently having what is referred to as a royal romance. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, it's really nice and it's Valentine's Day and uh, do you, I don't. Do you use in like D and D campaigns? Like, do you deal with like the monarchy a lot? Because I haven't really in a while. I was just thinking about royal romance. I'm like, oh, what would? Well, only so recently have I really thought about it. Well, it's interesting because I have three main kingdoms of my homebrew world, right? Mm-hmm. So the first one is a oligarchical system where it's the, the systematic thing of elders and the elders kind of run each sit a city and then they join together to kind of converse with the other elders about what's best for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. So it's like city states that are ruled under a common thread. Mm-hmm. Um, the second one, the Escuro kingdom is run by, uh, run by a monarch except the um, monarch has a special tradition where it isn't like the traditional my son will rise up and be the next king. Birthright. I, it is birthright, but it is uh, the king sends their kids off 
when they're before like after like the child is literally taken away from the queen when they are born and they are given to two uh uh escuro guards like king's guards and they're brought to one of the farther off village so that they can be raised as a commoner so that oh, w- when teach, on teachers become like the people like the I people like it. I so like when, it uh, so when on their 18th birthday, uh, or 21st, I can't remember which I said, uh, they are brought back to to the king and told, you are our son, you are our prince, and this kingdom is to be yours. That's neat. I, yeah. I, I can't imagine that goes well every time. But No, it does not. <laughs> it does not uh, go well, but it makes for interesting storytelling, especially because uh, one of the main missions that I've written is that uh, it's approaching the 18th birthday of a prince and the prince has been kidnapped. And so the party has been contracted by the guards, not even the king, but the guards to go and fetch the prince before his crowning day, pretty much. Wow, that's neat. Okay, so so you definitely think a lot more about uh, the, monar- the monarchical structure and the royalty than I tend to. Yes, yes, I do. Nice. Uh, I mean, even even my third kingdom has a has a monarch system, but that monarch system is a little bit different as well because it's the type of em- like if I'm the strongest, therefore I am the kingest. And ah, they, barbarian kings love them. It, it's barbarian them. kings, but it's set in a very lawful society. Oh, you know, they, like I just mentioned, generically. Yeah, it, like, it's the idea of there's a grand tournament that is held to elect the next king or queen. Cool. No, no, yeah, I, yeah. I, thought you going, I thought you were gonna go on. No, <laughs> no, 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 um, no, that was it. That was it. But, but for the for the royal romance, this is um, yeah. We got Jin. So, I use triple sec. Did you? I you use Grand Monnier. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Grand Monnier. Um, with uh, with grenadine and uh, you know, fruit juice. And I think I think it works pretty well. I'm, it's uh, a really really nice nice drink. It's 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 light. It's uh, I mean, it in my it, case, it has that little bit of the cranberry. Uh, a little tartness. bit of tartness. I mean, the passion fruit does it for me as well. Mm-hmm. But this yeah. is this is the type of cocktail that you want to present to your loved one or yourself. You you can be your own loved one uh, at, on Valentine's Day and just be like, "See what I've made for you—a delicious drink." Now come to bed so we can, pr- like, whatever you do in bed. Cause yeah, I'll see. I'll see how my right hand feels about this drink. Um, <laughs> <laughs> quarantine ro- valentine's day doesn't seem the most romantic i'm really glad that my uh my partner isn't really into D, so there's very little chance of hearing this <laughs> uh, what's it like to have a partner no, i'm kidding that's not our topic for today our topic for <laughs> today be. uh no let's actually do something else uh please i can't <laughs> i can't get an hour of content out of that uh i so we're talking about we're about to go on to um, a few different books. This is the first of a, one of a few books that we're going to be talking about uh, as we start to explore other RPGs, other RPG systems, so forth and so on. Yeah, we've we've pretty much hit we all of the the classes. We've done a little bit about D and D just in general. Um, and if there's the, something that you guys want us to focus on, like D and D combat, how it can be improved and stuff, let us know. That, That'd be a good one too. Yeah, that would no, be a good one. give us topics because otherwise we're just gonna keep doing random shit because yeah. it's, you know it's fun. Um, well, but today, so today we are going to be focusing on John Harper's Blades in the Dark. Oh, this is such a fun game. So this is a an RPG um, made by John Harper. It is it's a little it's, it's a lot different than D and feel. It uses a different dice system. It has a very very different feeling setting. But I have just been swept away by how much I love this game since. Uh, our, our friend Max brought me into uh, his game for a while over the, the break. Uh, yeah. So I, yeah. Well, what do we want well, to start with? I mean, like, well, talk about so the setting a little bit, right? I think what we should do is, uh, we clearly talked about this beforehand. Um, <laughs> what we should do is we should it, talk we'll about our general experiences before we get into it, just so it we can we can basically say before we dive into each individual aspect that we should talk about. Let's talk about just. Obviously, you said that you've just fallen in love with the game. I actually had a very different experience playing for the first time. I was not swept away. Really? Um, yeah. Partly because of the fact that um, it, it's so vastly different to other RPGs that I've played. It's a D6 system, and the 
character decisions and character choices that you make really define the experience that you that you have if mm -hmm. you are playing a specific class you are going to get a completely different experience than someone else it, it's it's in D and D, kind of you even if you're on a the same even if you're different classes you're going to get a similar experience of this is the story we're adventurers um but the play styles of each class in this uh each uh class in blades in the dark makes for such vastly different play experiences that even mm -hmm. though they, that you're on the same story you're really not yeah you i completely are... agree i think it's i think it's an incredibly varied experience even so for for those of you who who may not have heard of blades in the dark it's a somewhat i'd call it a little darker than like D, a typical dnd though you know depending on your your gm could go either way um setting about criminals you play yes. as a, a crew of criminals gangsters uh in this steampunk fantasy city called Duskfall. I, um, it, steampunk Eldric is what I would say because it's... Yeah, well, it's, yes, steampunk fantasy. It, it's, yeah. Yeah, it, there's, there's in, you know, Industrial Revolution meets, you know, uh, the Twilight Zone, I'd say. Because it's yes. definitely not like typical D&D &D magic. Everything's sort of weird and wonky and like... It, it's very dangerous but that's it's very that's, eldritch like like I, I go back to eldritch just because it's very much like oh you mean the, lovecraftian yeah it's very lovecraftian okay. because eldritch is just like anything that's like magic i, just, I didn't know if, uh, i guess i mean i would ref, i would refer well, like to the word that, like yeah, yeah anything that's magic but i it definitely has more of a lovecraftian feel than yeah. a arcane magic yeah exactly feel. this is not a system where it's like oh i'm gonna go to magic school no a ghost might like randomly possess my body and i might just up and get either these weird powers and a connection with a demon and, and almost die every day like it's yeah. it's it's intense but it, i i found it to be a lot of fun um, i like the setting i love how big the city is and this strange mix it even says like on the you know page one of the basics it's just uh they describe it as a a fusion between prague venice and uh what's the third one i forgot Does, oh uh, london london venice yeah. and prague and i'm just like that's super cool with all the steampunk stuff going on and integrating that with well, the different uh, fantasy elements like ghosts and demons and vampires but like all in this it, it, it's such an intricate cool and like large setting where even in this one city you'll have two different campaigns that may never interact with anything similar to each other yeah it's um, really incredible in that it's so it, it, it's a lot smaller scale because of the fact that you are in a city and that's all that you're ever going to see is that city and then like just glimpses of the horizon around the city you will never have a story that go like goes out of the city and then stays there you will there's always a lot here there's a lot there's here. A, I, I mean and there's yeah. definitely plenty of room for uh expansions if that ever comes up i don't know what uh I, what harper's got of, planned but it's the type of thing where when you are playing this game you don't need to go out. The city is so well defined and so well ex like explorable in its own right mm -hmm. that the that the idea of expanding out into other cities isn't really necessary. Yeah, this is a very rich setting, and I really yeah. enjoyed like getting into all these like strange little niches with all the different factions. There's a whole chapter on the different factions that are at play and different you know goals and area figures of interest like there's a ton in here that's just like oh this person might be of interest to you or not or they're associated with these people if you want to use them like it's what i love so much about uh, an rpg setting or you know in this book is like it doesn't you know i i like adventure paths as much as the rest of, as much as the next guy but like i really think a great setting is one that can set up all the pieces and say hey you don't have to do everything, but like, here's what's going on here, here, and here, and build something out from that, and like have possible prompts. Even in the character creation uh, sections, like you have a section for like bonds and who you can have like different relationships with in the city as NPCs. Like, they give you like a little one sentence prompt, maybe a former rival or like something setting them up in their place in in the world. And I think that that is super cool, and it just it just gets my creative uh, brain juices flowing. Well, the setting is definitely fantastic, but the idea of exploring a darker side of not only your own character, but the world as a whole is fantastic because you have to play as a criminal in this game. There is no option around that. You you can be good criminals, but you right. still have to play as criminals. You can be you a are, Robin Hood type. You can you yeah. know, do, be some any flavor of like 
law breaking and i i mean some might say that's a little restrictive i think you know it, it's i think it's the it's, setting yeah it's the setting and it's very it, it's very adaptable to what you want to play mm-hmm. like if, if you, you want to if you want to yeah if you want to be the good guys you can be the good guys with this if you want to be the most terrible people in the world 14 year olds you can do that um hey hey, i resent that (laughs) i am much older than 14 now uh i i'm just saying from personal experience i still want to be a fan oh yeah anyway um (laughs) but so the group as a whole can play either as assassins bravos cult uh, as a cult, the Hawkers, Shadows, or Smugglers. Both Billy and I's main experience with this game is playing as Smugglers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I don't has really been... know what we smuggle. I only played a few sessions, but I, I was mean, all about it. We, sm- we Our group smuggled whatever we we needed to smuggle type of right. thing. So, if, and... if you needed a job done, we could get it done, which yeah, was you our can... whole thing. You could have your like your own niche, like whatever yeah. your group is particularly fixated on or interested in. I think that's like also a really cool element of it. It's like you can really you can make a crew that does anything. You know, you can set the the Lord Emperor or sorry the Immortal Emperor uh, of Duskwall. You know, your GM could play that up and you know the structures in place of law enforcement as like a corrupt evil situation or just neutral a neutral party trying to get along and maintain order. It all depends on what the party wants and what the group. You know, if their goal is if their goal is to yeah. be good guys, you're going to make the bad guys more bad. But if your goal is just you know, I, and I think it it gets more nuanced when you play as morally gray characters in a morally gray world where it's just people doing their jobs, trying to get by in this honestly pretty ruthless setting. But the, the it's just morals, cool. the morals definitely are not there fully. You have to find the morals on your own pace and mm-hmm. find what your character uh, and their morals would do. Just it, to go, it's, it's true to life. Yeah, just going through a little bit. The assassins obviously are um, killers for hire, but it goes deeper than that because the game has this really great expansion set like properties where as a group, you kind of expand into what you guys, uh, your group wants to do. So you can, like just for the assassins, you can eventually expand your turf and your area to get more informants to have cover operations and cover identities uh to have like have an infirmary and everything that you would need to be the best assassins and you can flavor it to play as you as you want the bravos those mercenaries and thugs can eventually have fighting pits and take it that direction that you would have i just want i want to get through all of them just so everyone has a smaller idea of everything yeah go for it the cults, the acolytes to a forgotten god, you can actually eventually build an ancient altar or an ancient tower and really have that cult become a known presence and a feared one. Um, the hawkers, the vice dealers, you can actually become those uh, that dealer of personal of personal vices of whether that be luxury or um, or something a bit more insidious. I'm going to have my own criminal crew with blackjack and hookers. I mean... That's literally the hawkers. We are... The thing is, our smugglers group is now, like, drifting slightly into hawkers territory. Yeah, we're, because we're dealing in blackjack and hookers. It's great. I love it. <laughs> the shadows are the thieves and the spies who can eventually have their own drug dens or full secret passageways throughout the city. Uh, and then finally, the smugglers, which, as we've said a little bit, can go each multiple different ways but uh, uh one of the best things that i think is that you can have a whole ancient gate to bring in entities and bring in smuggled goods into your into into the city of duskfall which is fantastic the, the the amount of possibilities and the directions that you can go as a crew is great because i think that's one of the things that like D lacks mm-hmm. is that the crew objective is always kind of guided by the dm story whereas it this, can be. The, well, yeah, I, I mean, as someone who, like, when you're telling an adventure, it's kind of like the group forms for the adventure, whereas right. the DM has to shape the story around the group's objective, which I think yeah. is amazing about uh, uh, about Blades in the Dark. Yeah, that, that, that's the style of GMing I like to do in any game I run, so I think it, it makes a lot of sense that it uh, this system appeals a lot to me. I actually want to touch on something really quick. I was looking through this book uh, because I love it, 
and there's a great <laughs> section in the beginning let me find it it's it's a section it says touchstones oh here it is when you're pitching the game to prospective players here are some media touchstones you can use to relate the game oh to stuff yes, that yes, 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 yes 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 like I love that because it's just like oh yeah here here's how you could pitch this to people who don't know what this game is like it says oh it's like Peaky Blinders or The Wire or uh, uh, like <laughs> it's it's like uh, the Dishonored games um, yeah Bloodborne Gangs of New York by Martin Scorsese I'm like this is yeah. amazing it's because well, it's so exactly how I describe it we're gonna go get into uh, a Gone which is uh, the other one of his books that I really want to talk about. Too. But the, one of the touchstones is Homer, the Iliad, oh, like, yeah. the Odyssey. And then it's like the Iliad, the Odyssey, the Fast and Furious franchise. <laughs> oh, God, what a trio. But, but it's it's the type of thing where those are, like, you can use modern-day media to really enhance the world that you're going to build for the players or players' idea of their own characters. If you have a favorite character from a TV show like Peaky Blinders, you can really incorporate that into this. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Well, so one thing I want to, I want to touch upon is like the system of the games because it might be you know we said it's a D six system, but people might not might not know what that is. I you, basically it's you roll D sixes for the result of the outcome, and yeah. the way it works is it's based on your highest roll. So it's not you know I roll one die and add bonuses. You your bonuses are the number of dice you can roll to increase your chances of getting success. And this is where I think one of the coolest parts of the system comes in is what those successes and failures mean. So a one and a two, a one, two, and three is a failure, and mm-hmm. a, like a like a one is a is a critical failure, right? I I would take it. Yeah, a one um, is a critical. So basically, uh, there's a lo- another level to that. So yeah. oh, it's the two dice thing, right? No, 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 no. It, it's you're forgetting one part. So I am there. Uh, so there is for every role that you do, you are. It's not like you're going to say, "I want to do this," and then roll the dice. It is there is what's uh, in at least film world and uh, actually let's go cocktail world for this. So in <laughs> yeah. a cocktail, when you're melding two ingredients together, when you're going for a shake or a stir, um, that can be referred as the blending moment. In this game, uh, there is lots of blending moments because there are different moments where the story accentuates itself. So every time you add an ingredient to it, you're going to have that blending moment. For every blending moment, uh, you're going to roll the dice. Uh, And it's basically a clash moment or blending moment is a way of like furthering the story and you just need to know. Like you can tell a bit of the story as a player and then the dm responds by saying okay this is a moment where you need to roll dice oh and oh, that, there right. is that's what you meant there's th- then three tiers that it could be it can be a controlled a risky or a, a desperate situation right so and that'll if you're determine in a con- how many dice you get to roll no 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 no. that doesn't determine how many dice you get to roll oh so a controlled situation is like things are on the up and up you're doing exactly what you should be doing everything's good a risky is the median level where it's like things are not great, but they're not bad either. So everything oh. is risky. And then the desperate is things are bad and you need them to be getting better. And so when you're rolling dice, you're going to be rolling in one of those situations. A six will take you up to the next level level automatically. A one will take you down to the next level automatically. Ah, uh, okay. And okay. Then, that's the part yeah. I, I never really interacted with that when I played the game. Yeah. Yeah. So if I tell, so if you are like, you see a guard hunting you, and you're like, I really want to try to escape him using, uh, like, ru- by blending into the crowd. We'll have you roll dice, uh, based off of your stats, and based off of that roll, it, the story will either get better, go, go to a controlled position, or stay in a risky position or go into a desperate position, meaning you right. failed the check. And so the individual dice rolls is where I think it's super cool. So a one, two, and three are a failure. A four and a five are a success with a consequence. And that's where I think the coolest part is. And the six is a success with no consequence. It's just you did what you wanted to do. Uh, I depending love, on the situation. Because even, even a six in a desperate situation still has a consequence. Right. But I love the success with a consequence because it, it, it changes so much. Like, okay, yes, you did what you wanted to do, but it either caused something else to happen or it didn't happen exactly like you wanted to or, like, there's another – I love the consequence mechanic. I think it's and so fun. Not only that, but it really helps to 
play with different DMs in this game mm -hmm. because you're going to get a sense of what you want as a player out of a DM. Because it's not like D&D where the storytelling has to match your version of storytelling. Mm -hmm. It's it's the level of consequence that you want as a player. Right. If you because, want to play high risk, high reward, that's something you need to deal with with your, with your GM. Or... Because... No, go for it. <laughs> yeah, because even in a situation where uh, you are succeeding, but there's dealing with a consequence, your DM might be the really harsh type and be like, well, you get a consequence, so here's this point of damage. And you're just like, this is the fifth point of damage from a consequence I've got. I'm in, like, every... It's like the burning building around you, and you're like, this is fine. Right. Or it's the type of thing where you feel that the consequence should be more of a story setback, and you want to play with a DM that's going to, like, make it a story setback rather than a physical setback, because it can be either or. Yeah, you can do whatever you want with it, and I think that's yeah. super fun. I'm trying to look at trying to look for all the, the actions you can do, because it doesn't use, like, statistics, like yeah. what you do with D&D. Uh, &D. You so, just put your points directly into skills, but... Um, I think there's a character sheet at the back of the book, so we should oh, be able to excellent. go off that. Well, I was saying, because I definitely, um, I just, like, I could just go through, and I won't, but, like, you can just <laughs> go through the, the character sheet and see how interesting and varied this, this system is. Yeah. Um, what I, uh, I don't have anything to go for. Go, go so, I'll, I'll, yeah. So, basically, each character is going to have three sections, like, the ability scores actually bro are broken down into three parts, which are then broken down into four parts each. So at the um, at the beginning of the game, you have a certain amount of dots checked off, and the dots refer to how much dice you roll per um, per, per skill. Of that, so role. yeah. Yeah. So let's say a character is very good at finesse because that's something that we can relate to D and D in a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, your character might start out out with two dots in finesse which means that you get to roll two dice whenever you're doing a finesse check and when you roll both of those dice you then get to pick the higher number right and the more dice you roll the higher likelihood is for a success and what i love about the skill system in this is i mean again it'll depend on your dm but what i love about our gm is that he will let us roll uh basically make an argument for whatever skill you want as long as you could explain why that skill would be helpful to accomplishing the goal you want uh you can roll that i am constantly rolling wreck which is basically just like just demolitions and destruction and arguing about like okay well I, my knowledge of wrecking things like i rolled a wreck check to find where they would hold explosives on a train because because you are wrecking through everything well, to try well, and find you could it. either be wrecking through it or you'd know where people who you know wreck things for a living would hold these dangerous materials well and, and so, my character yeah my yeah. character deals with consort like consorting with people they're very much the talkative person that's, who's that's trying the, that's, to, yeah it's a charisma kind of thing yeah but i'm not like but there's an argument because one is consort and the other is sway and so mm. i what would because of the fact that my character is always trying to convince people, the DM would say, make a sway check, and I would try to argue around that to kind of say, well, oh, I'm not trying to sway them. I'm trying to like give them a deal. Yeah, so and so I found the, the page is like, here are all the... What number so is it? Just so I can it, go to it too? 58. Yeah. 58, okay. So there's a tune, which is like you dealing with something called the ghost field, which is basically just where all these like undead spirits are just hanging out. It's basically arcana in D&D, knowledge of arcane. Uh, command is like intimidation. Like you're telling people what to do. Like they're going to listen. Uh, consort is socialization, you know, being friendly, figuring that out. Um, finesse, being dexterous and being able to, to hop around and do like really like particular, not particular, uh, uh, finesse, dexterous manipulation or subtle misdirection. That's also a very cool part about it is like all these skills can have, so it's only limited by your imagination. Um, yeah. Hunt is like tracking, like survival. Prowl is being able to move around quietly and quickly. It's basically stealth, but it could but be. But it has so much more than just stealth. Yeah, exactly. Um, skirmish, which is like you're engaging with someone, basically kind of like an attack roll, but you can roll any kind of attack roll with whatever skill you think is relevant to that. Yeah, um, if you're trying to sneak up to someone, you might be using a prowl. If exactly. you're trying to get something in between their armor specifically, you can roll a finesse. It matters all of these things. The best way that I, before we go on, the best way that I can describe it is you, this is an interactive story 
where you're actually going to give a description of what you do. That's so important because mm. if you give a description of what you do, that's going to determine which skill you use and how you do it. Rather yeah. than just say, I want to attack that person, you got to say how you're going to attack that person to make the desired skill work. Yeah. As I say, it, it'll, it'll help make you roll as many dice as you can for like the skills you're good at. Um, and I think it really helps build characters and like figure out like what your character is about, what they're good at, and how they see certain situations, uh, how they can apply their skills to a given situation. If your character's not really good in a hand-to-hand -hand fight, they may be able to use sway to like make the person attacking them with a knife like hesitate or look away or like I don't know. It, it, it depends. You know, uh, I'll just quickly go through. You know, study. It's like investigating things, looking around for stuff, and skirmish. You forgot that. I said skirmish, hand to hand. Oh yeah, you did. Close combat. Never mind. Um, Never mind. I'm yeah. I, I'm getting distracted by my own. <laughs> no worries. Uh, survey, which is observation and anticipation of outcomes, kind of like perception a little bit. Uh, sway is using your influence to sway someone's opinion or uh, view. Tinker is working with devices and you know crafting and stuff. Uh, and wreck is just savage force or knowledge of savage force and how to apply it. That's how I like to do my character. Who's very good with wreck. Um, <laughs> I, I, well, yeah, this is, there's a lot to dissect here in terms of the fact that we are like, we are probably going to have to do a class by class episode with this as well, because yeah. each class is so filled with so much good stuff. But they're so cool. Like I, yeah. yeah and I, I think I love the skill system. I love how every, class has their own unique uh special abilities i mean like every like a lot of rpg classes every class has their own gimmick but, this but is, like this one this has a lot of options more, to choose from. yeah and it's so and so unique each one is very unique to each mm -hmm. direction that you want to go in especially because you can also pick from other classes if you want to which is yes. an ability we'll get into yeah but before we do any of that i think we should take a break sure all right so we will be back to talk about the classes and uh, just a general overview of each class. Uh, and then we will continue with our experiences and things that we really appreciated about this game. All right, we'll be back. Come here, dearie. I'm sure you've heard that diamonds are a girl's best friend. Well, now, demons can be that too. Come down to the jeweled hex to find all the most beautiful crystals that have demon essence trapped inside. Think of the power you could hold with O2 Orchestone. Or the beauty you could gain with the Brisby Bahamut Blue. And with such devilish prices, it is worth the possible curse. So come down to the jeweled heads to see what might possess you. Are you tired of being killed by mortal wounds? Are you passing in and out of the afterlife so often the gods had to install a revolving door? Do you have a poor relationship with your deity and would rather not face them every time you find yourself face to face with an owlbear? Then you need Death Be Gone. Death Be Gone is a revolutionary new spray that uses cutting edge magics to create a perfect spiritual seal over your body. So the next time you're cut up by blades or bolts or spells, your soul sticks around for the long haul. Simply apply Death Be Gone once a day and tell your soul to sit its keister down before it thinks it can walk out on you. Death Be Gone, available in an apothecary near you. This product is not a medical treatment and should not be treated as such. Death Be Gone is not responsible for life-threatening situations users of our products put themselves in. Claims made in this advertisement are hypotheses based on limited trial testing. Side effects to this product include fever, sweating, loss of taste, loss of appetite, eternal boredom in a flesh cage with no hope of rest, and transformation into a demi-witch. Ask your doctor before using Death Be Gone. And we're back to commit some crime. crime. Not Le really. Legally, uh, legal disclaimer, we are not planning on committing any crimes. We are talking about a... Uh, a role-playing game in which we play as criminals make-believe anyway um welcome back <laughs> yeah everybody. because we're fed up with society and we, we want to make but we are law-abiding citizens we live we're in fed up with society but we want to break the rules we live so in we society. turn yes we do return, social constructs return to monkey 
Um, oh my gosh, Billy. My favorite meme of like the past <laughs> few months. Um, speaking of monkey, uh, classes in this game. That wait, you're gonna have to explain that. <laughs> like, I, there is no explanation. We are, there is there no is, explanation. There is only monkey. I've been oh, watching the, the Godzilla vs. Kong trailer like all just constantly because it's just uh big lizard fight, big monkey. I just I can't get enough. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, let's talk about some anyway. classes because uh, sure, it's so much fun. Um. So cutter, the cutter cutters are like kind of like your fighters but they can do a whole bunch of different things they're good at fighting and they're good at staying alive in a fight so cutter so basically the way it works is at the beginning you get um you get the uh you get two starting actions so for cutter it's skirmish and command and then you get to really define how you want to build it you can do what your own build or you can go with one of the starting builds that they have of captain thug terror or devil hunter that was um oh, oh but, those are those are just suggested like yeah, ways they're to just put said, in your yeah they're just suggested starter build yeah but this is the this is the kind of um person this is the muscle of the group mm-hmm, it's one sure. one of the muscles but it's like the more definitive muscle of like i am good at cutting people up and that is exactly what I'm going to do. Yeah, and so, like, examples of special abilities is, like, there's one that lets you punch ghosts if your specialty is fighting the supernatural forces, or one called leader, where if you can use command to assist other people uh, in your crew during a fight. Like, this is all, like, I you know, it just, it just leads to or embodies different, such unique different characters. Um, yeah with these abilities. I, I like it And you can add on to this character or you can diverge into different character builds as well, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, the Hound. I don't know much about Hounds. I don't think I've played with oh, one. I, I've played with one. Yeah. So the Hound is the sharpshooter of the group. This is your uh, ranger, for lack of better words. Mm. Um, you can have your ranger. They are good with hunt and survey. Is their main two. They're the, like the sharpshooter. The trackers. Uh, the trackers. They can actually have a uh, pet with them. So mm. this is so it's very much that idea of like, oh yeah, I have a pet that can grow into being the uh, being much more powerful. Because that's at the beginning of the game, they start off. Um, they start off with a hunting. You can choose a hunting bet because each I like each character has items. Mm-hmm. And so when you uh, have a hunter uh, as a trained hunter pet, the companion that obeys your command, uh, commands and anticipates your actions, um, it can lead further in the game. It can be very, very helpful and very powerful to have a pet on your side that is actually could be a demon or a devil or an imp or something. That's mm-hmm. just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, next up is the leech. I love the leech. I, this, the character I play this is, is the leech. This is what you play, so They're, I'll let you uh, take this. They are technicians. They're kind of like alchemists. Uh, they love tinkering. They love inventing. They love creating either things that go boom or things that go hiss, whatever it is. If they can you know, mix it up in a beaker, then it's probably a leech. I absolutely love them. They're good at tinkering. They're good at wrecking. Uh, you can add whatever you want. Um, we might talk a little bit about our particular characters later, but... I just, it's just great. My guy was really good at, uh, he was a, uh, he developed weapons for the army before he became a criminal and was a little too into chemical weapons. Um, <laughs> but, you know, yeah. yeah, like you can, you can, some, oh, but some of them can learn how to make healing selves. And because the, the other leech in our party was a, a physician and was very good at healing. So like, that's another example of these abilities that you can, uh, be unique with. We'll talk. I, I will, I, wanna, I will, mm-hmm. before we move on, I will say that. Uh, because of how you played your character uh-huh. and the accent that you gave your character, oh. I just couldn't get the idea. Whenever you played him, I couldn't get the idea of Frenchie from the boys out of my head. You know, Frenchie is very close to a leech. I feel like he would represent. Uh, yeah, uh, be a good leech. Yeah, uh, oh, I didn't even think about that. I was being subliminally uh, uh, influenced. Influenced. By the boys. Yeah. Um, I played a French man. Uh, anyway. I mean, both of our characters are French. Yes, but I was like a cartoonish <laughs> Pepe Le Pew French, and yours whereas, was actually whereas trying. My, whereas mine was like, oh yeah, we're going to like use actual people in mind for this. Anyway. Uh, anyway, um, the Lurk is basically like kind of like a rogue. Uh, the infiltrator, the burglar, they're good at 
getting in and out without being uh, seen and cold yeah, ice they're and good stuff. at finessing and prowling and they're just yeah i don't know much about them but i i, I love every class in this game because there's all, so much <laughs> there's, there's so much fun well, well so i want to are... get through the classes because there's one mechanic that's unique for each class because i want to talk okay. about xp but we'll get there. well yes we will talk about that but uh, it's just like they have ability, they have reflexes, or they could be the daredevil of the group, which is just fantastic. Yeah, it, 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 daredevil is based on if you have to roll desperate actions, you get extra dice on it. Um, reflexes is you know, moving first in in situations where speed is tested. It's, it's great. There's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, the, the slide. Next, the slide. It's the kind manipulator of like, or the spy. Yeah, the slide is kind of like a cross between like a rogue and like a like a I would I want to say diplomat. It's not really like a class, but it's like it, you're the face of the group, kind of. You're good at manipulating people you're, with words it, and so violence this, if you need to. But. So this is this is we're gonna get into it with this and the next class because the next both of the next two classes are very charisma heavy. They're very charisma based, um, and the reason why. Both of them are the face of the group, but in very, very different ways. Uh, this one is very much more centered towards combat. They can be in combat. They can be um, much more focused on like dealing with enemies in-game. In because uh, part of the what we have not talked about is the, the breakdown of how a session will operate, which we'll get into. But with this and the next one, uh, which I'll be coming back to a lot... This mm. character is very much more based on the in-person situation uh, where we're dealing with people right now, right now, like everything is happening and we need to deal with it with our words right now. Um, and the reason why I bring that up uh, is because like they can, they have uh, an ability that makes them like uh, you forget them after they've tried to sway you, which is mm. an amazing ability. Very, very but, good. It's the counterpart to this, uh, to the slide, is the spider. Mm -hmm. And the spider is what I play as. Yes. Which this character is amazing during what's referred to as downtime, which is pretty much half of the game. Mm -hmm. um, because they are the type of person who is able to study and consort with people and really type of make deals with people and get things set up for the group and so they're fantastic for downtime they can reduce the, the amount of d attention that the group is getting they can really make deals with people really easily yeah but i'd say not... the difference is like more like one is uh, it's, it's tough to say because they're both sneaky face types but like but I think one this... is very much like the deal maker, where the uh, other yeah. is the execution of the deal. Yeah, I th yeah, I think that's definitely a good uh, difference in there. Yeah. Um, but I love, love, love the spider, and I'll obviously get into it more. But uh, one of my favorite abilities is the ghost contract. Whereas mm. if you make a deal with me and you back out during it, you will die. You will take like you take level three harm and Which get is, cursed. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah. damage a little bit later because it's a little different than in other things. But I think it's yes. super cool. Um, that yeah, it's a really great ability. Um, the final one is whisper. Whisper, basically the the ghost summoner. You're you're really good yeah. at dealing with magic and uh, the haunted spirits, and you're able to channel them and their power uh, to aid you and your team in whatever you may need. Uh, I like I like the whisper. I mean, they're cool. The whisper is fantastic because it's the, the idea of like controlling ghosts and can and can possibly demons and other things. Who are you gonna like, call? Who are you gonna call the whisper? It's, it's, it's it, you're gonna call the whisper. Yeah, what if you make a team of all a crew of all whispers and you just become like a bunch of exorcists? That's your that's your hustle. That'd be awesome. <laughs> we will exorcise. Well, the thing is, there is so the police is kind of broken down. So be, obviously, one of the main enemies in the game is the police. Yes. And they are broken down into two groups. You have well, there are technically coat. six groups. Six <laughs> groups plus the blue plus the uh, spirit wards. So the, we'll the main two are like yeah. the main one is the blue coats, and the blue yes. coats are kind of like your cent your central police, your main police. But then you also have the spirit wardens, and the spirit wardens are those are like the special uh, CIA agents who deal only with ghosts. Yes, they are very scary, as our group has has learned. We didn't we don't yes. like fucking with them. Oh, well, we do. I mean, but... I mean. We do like fucking with them, but not in that way. Yeah, <laughs> like we, my Anywho. character is currently dating a spirit warden, so that, that's what we'll say. That's what Meanwhile, we'll say about being that. possessed by a demon. 
Oh yeah, my character got possessed by a demon, which is great. And then, uh, you, you love and then was it. saved by the spirit warden, and then it was in in like the spirit warden brought them back to their like dorm or whatever, and mm. my character was just like, "Hey, we're here." <laughs> <laughs> or it's together. Great. Well, Let's so what I what I love the most about the each class is that the way XP is calculated is that it's all based on. We'll talk about that when we talk about um, uh, character scores. building. Well, scores. Yeah, I, but like at scores the scores and character builds. But like every class has their own way to gain XP, um, their own unique method of action, which encourages the players to you know create characters that will act like their characters. You know, it really encourages them to role play in that specific character type. For example, a cutter, when they, they earn XP when they address a challenge with violence or coercion. You know, When you're building a cutter, they're gonna be prone to violence and that's gonna be their first step. So if you engage in an action during a score that you know, is in line with that, you'll get more XP, which I think is really, really cool because it really makes you think about how your character wants to act, even if it's not always, you know, quote unquote, optimal, like best for the situation at the time. It's what, do you wanna get that XP or not? Yeah, um, I love that. Well, so, so there, there's three way, uh, there's three ways to get, um, no, sorry, there's two ways to get XP. There's four ways to get XP. There's many different ways to get XP. <laughs> the main thing is that there is an in-game way of getting XP, and then there's an, uh, there's a like an out of game or there, yeah, words meta game. No, so. Like we said before, in terms of the different situations that you can be in, you can be in controlled, risky, or desperate. Every time you make an action in a desperate situation, you get an XP point for mm. that. Right. Every time that you act in what your character class would act like, you get XP for that, uh, up to two times per. Right. Uh, then you also get... Um, there, we'll go into this when we get into character creation, probably in another episode. Yeah. But uh, when you make a character, you have to pick your bonds, uh, or like you eventually develop as you go. You get ideas and bond, like not ideals. Bo- uh, ideals and bonds, uh, although they're called different things. Right. Belief, uh, beliefs. Beliefs. Yes. But like when Ide- you act on those beliefs and like engage in behavior that is in line with that you'll get more xp because you're you're or, living or in line with your backstory yes exactly so like my yeah. character his belief he, he is obsessed with like the glory of his own work and like seeing everything through to the end uh, so during a score he put himself in a dangerous situation to watch someone he injected die of his toxin and he got like he got hit with a giant weapon from it and took a huge amount of damage but i got that xp because you know, he just sat there and like watched it. It was like, yes, yes, this is this is my creation. I'm like, it, it was your, so much fun. Your character is fucking. Crazy, He's insane. Man. He's insane. I love him. He, he is very much insane. Jean Luc Chanchon. I love him so much. <laughs> Whereas my character is like just that more calculated one. Where mm-hmm. uh, if I uh, use calculation or conspiracy, that's how I would gain XP. Or if I relate to my ideals or bonds, uh, right. beliefs or bonds, then yeah. So we've talked about classes. Let's talk a little bit about uh, like the structure of the game. I think we should sure, go yeah. over scores and downtime. The yeah. score is... I think this is the last part that we'll really get into, and then we'll yeah. have to continue with like a part two of character there's, creation. Because there's so much things. to talk about. It's so yep. much fun, and I love delving into this book because I learn something new every time I crack it open, um, which so, is what, what reading is called. Um, yes. The score... Yeah, the score is basically your heist. So every, like, it could be, it doesn't have to be every session. It's just you switch, you know, modes, basically. Downtime is you're in the city, you're engaging in your building, in your in your behavior as a, as a crew. You know, you're doing crew stuff and trying to avoid the police or whatever. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, but then there's the score. The score is, like, the action. You know, you're, oh, what's the line is it? The GM says, "Okay, what's the plan?" And that is ex- that's when the score starts. So yeah, it, it's the it, the it's interesting because um, you do have a planning thing where if you get told, "All right, this is the job that you're gonna do," you have a little bit of time to plan, and then you kind of jump straight into it. Yeah. You're emerged like halfway into the story. You've already completed part of it, and now you gotta complete the rest of the job. Yeah, and that's what I love about it is that once you're in, it's it's set up like the way max described it to me the first time we ever talked about it was um it's kind of like your 
making a movie about the heist and you sort of set things up in flashbacks so if your character you know is robbing a, a bank and is like okay i you know the heist has started i already planted this gun somewhere here well not inventory but like i planted it around here or i planted something underneath this mailbox you take stress points basically to have already done that now some things are outside of the purview of like some things are too complicated to plan in advance but it's like it's done retroactively and i think it's really yeah. interesting because it makes you think on your toes a little bit more uh the same so thing you... works for the inventory you don't choose your kit until it comes up um you can choose the general like how many items you can take uh as you're going into the heist but which specific items you can choose as you're going is like okay yeah. i need this i'm gonna have this or i pull this out you know and the um, items yeah. is specifically are like you have some that are specific to your character yeah and though and some of those that are specific to your character don't cost anything to use and mm -hmm. then you have others which cost things to use and if you have a light load you look very normal you look like the average citizen if mm -hmm. you have a normal load you look somewhat suspicious but you're not like like everyone's not like looking at you you could and be a cop you have, maybe like yeah. people don't know if you have a heavy load, it's like you're up to some shit. You're preparing for for a, a you know war essentially, yeah. like not necessarily war, but it's it's yeah it's it's a, and I think that's cool. But into the role play elements of it is how you infiltrate something depending on how much you're carrying and how prepared you can be. Uh, like for example, the leech can carry a bandolier for free with uh, you know a certain number of uses, but like the specific types of poisons or potions that I have. I won't know until I come into a situation where I'm like, okay, well, I really want this, and there's a whole list of possible potions and stuff you can, or you can make up your own and, and talk to your GM about like, okay, I want to have this that does this. Like, okay, here's how this is gonna work, and then like you'll have that going forward. Um, yeah, it's so much fun. I love it. I love the stress mechanic because it's just like you can push yourself. Well, pushing yourself is another mechanic, literally. Yeah, we will get into that another <laughs> yeah. time. Um, but stress is so much... F I, I think stress is really cool, where it's like, you can do cool things now, but you gotta be able to, like, handle it. And you can get so much... Accumulate so much stress on a job that you... What's it called? Trauma out, where you you're, yeah. you fade out, you can't do anything more. Because we've already... Down. So it, it's the type of thing where you've experienced something so traumatic that you just can't anymore. And I'm sure a lot of people have had something in their life where they've just gotten news of something and it's just been a terrible day and things have just built and built and built and or you got like shot a whole or bunch. you got shot and it's just whatever day you're having it's terrible and then there's that one little piece of information or that one thing that's the straw that breaks the camel's back and then just you can't do anything yeah um, uh, which, like but, I, there's, there's not that much like i feel like there's not too much to talk about in terms of scores because each one is so different but this, the general idea is that the score is the job. Mm -hmm. And then after you do the... So you have the planning phase where you plan out what you're going to do in a little bit of detail. The score where you actually complete the thing that you're trying to do. And then the downtime um, and, the, and the result, pretty much. Yes. The, uh, the result comes, uh, comes first. It, get, it uh, tells you how well you did, how much coin you earned, how much experience you earned. Mm -hmm. And then you get the downtime, which is basically you have two actions that you can do normally. You can get abilities that can kind of build on that, but you get two actions that you can do to try to either help the group or help yourself. You can mm -hmm. relieve stress. You can uh, try to get reduce the amount of attention that heat that That's your heat. Uh, group yeah. has gotten. Because uh, uh, you want to stay away from, you want to stay like under the radar of the police as long as you can, or try to mitigate yeah. it with certain things. Because the more heat you have, the harder it is for you to operate. Yep. Um, and I love, you know, you can spend extra money to have extra downtime. Um, what I love about the stress relief mechanic is that if you you can either overindulge in your stress and cause negative consequences that way, or if you're you know caught by an enemy rival group, like. You, you could have negative consequences to your crew if you just happen to be in the wrong place at the wrong time based on a dice roll. I love yeah. that so much. It's so much fun because there's, there's always consequences. You're always having to think like there's a group always on the run. consequences. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, that's a very all over the place summary of oh, Blades we didn't even in talk the Dark. About Devil's bargains. Devil's bargains are so cool. Whereas basically, so, like you get extra dice if you negotiate with your DM, and they'll be like, okay, you get an extra die on this, but here's the consequence. Even if you succeed, like even if you get a six, you'll have a consequence or have an even worse consequence. That's why it's called Devil's Bargain. Anyway, I love it so much. So, 
we will definitely have to go into uh, character building. Our friend Max has agreed to come onto the podcast to do an episode and actually run a session for us. Oh, I didn't know that. Awesome. Yeah. So we're going to have that in the future. We've got a lot of things planned. We're going to have to eventually get to them, but we'll get to them. Yeah, well, we got um, to uh, So, yeah, so that's this, Blades so in that's the Dark, a, a brief, brief overview. Vote. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, we do have our homebrew section as normal. We that's do. not going away. Yeah. <laughs> We're so switch um, up, we'll switch up what we got. Yeah, but before we do, uh, if you like this episode, please consider liking it uh, and giving us a nice little review. Uh, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, Google Ooh. Podcasts. Yeah, it's, it's been so long since I've had to hawk our wares. I, I, I almost <laughs> forgot how to do it. But if you liked what you uh, heard and you want to follow us uh, and figure out what the next updates are, follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, where we're posting a whole bunch of stuff. And I promise I'll actually post more like an actual podcast. I mean, um, I do a once a week. Like there's a once a week post on our Instagram and Facebook. Uh, and then uh, we also have a Patreon account, which can get you a personalized uh email uh or letter enter to our newsletter newsletter recipes for drinks and then all of our homebrew content condensed into one finalized location is all on our patreon account so thank you so much for our our lovely patrons who help keep us uh keep us going uh so yeah homebrew what we got for this week we're talking about blades yeah we're we're switching gears for blades in the dark and actually have homebrew items for blades uh what do you have? I'm very oh no you, you know, know what I, I have. know what so let's go on mine because you don't know what I have. I don't know what you have. Hit me up. So um, I like obviously I play a spider, um, obviously. and obviously I just love consorting with people and trying to manipulate their emotions. I mean, you say that facetiously but... as if it is not <laughs> actually true. <laughs> I don't try to manipulate people's emotions in a good way. Okay, maybe in a good way, but like. I don't want to do it in the bad way. I don't want to be my character from Blades. <laughs> I love you. Um, I love you too, Billy. Uh, but my character, the item that I have made for this week is uh, a voice recording spider. Um, like, you know when you're in a tough situation and you just need those receipts to be like, this person did say these things. You should help us out. Come on. Like, we have evidence that this person's trying to betray you or we need to blackmail this person so we have a little voice recorder uh so this uh it kind of mixes with the slide of it it could be an item for the slide or the spider but it's a mechanical little spider that has an arcane enchantment in it that allows it to record a little piece of dialogue Ooh, uh, cool. No more than no more than like thirty seconds, pretty mm-hmm. much thirty seconds to a minute. Oh, you and know what? It would be super cool. It could be arcane. It could be a tiny record player. Well, it, yeah, it kind of like be, it kind of well, is like that. What it, I love about were... Duskwall is like the setting is like super steampunky, so you can think about like, okay, how do we, how am I going to get a voice recorder in there? Well, records can do that. Yeah. Sorry, so I, it records the rec. It records the record and then it plays it back. And uh, you can use that to kind of manipulate people or use that for a sway or use that to help with your consort checks and just things like that. So that's my little little item that can help you out both in your downtime and your mission. So, yeah. The, yeah. That's super cool. I like that. It's a very functional, fun little item. I love it. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, mine is uh, mine feels like a little a step into crazy town uh, in comparison. I mean... But- I mean, mine is the more calculated character. So. Oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, mine is a a, char- a a special formula. You can get certain formulas for different uh, things for a leech. So my leech, his. Oh, we forgot to mention that everyone has a code name. Oh, it's so cool. Oh yes, yes, yes. We'll everyone, get into that during character every, creation. Every character has a code name, and so my character's code name was Heartbreaker. Uh, do you know why I named it that? I don't think I ever told anyone. Oh no, no, no you told. What is it? Well, isn't it that you have the secret formula that actually breaks? No, no, no. no. Why? Why did I name it Heartbreaker? Like from a meta perspective? Oh, I don't know that. It's because I'm uh, deeply obsessed with Pat Benatar's Heartbreaker. That's a great song. I love gotcha. it. Gotcha. Oh, you're uh... anyway. So I sort of rolled with that, and I was like, okay, what kind of special formula would a guy who's a former like war, you know, scientist, like what what, what would what would he mix up? And so it's an intravenous injection. Um, 
it's a it's a toxin it's called the heartbreaker toxin and when it's injected into the bloodstream it travels to the heart and utilizing my veterinary knowledge i i specified it as it permanently irreversibly binds to beta 2 adrenergic receptors in the heart and for those of you who don't know or don't care um that's basically <laughs> adrenaline it's the stuff that adrenaline binds to but instead of like binding to for a little bit then maybe leaving or being cleared by something no th these little these little toxin particles are perfectly mimetic they they uh, mimic a uh, adrenaline and perfectly bind to it permanently so your heart just keeps pumping and pumping and pumping and pumping until it eventually bursts from too much pressure uh, damn heartbreaker baby you've uh it, it's it's you know i i liked it so much integrating my vet knowledge with being a sadistic scientist like it's it's a trope i really enjoy and when i got to use it on somebody and then he just like the the downside was you know the guy went into an adrenaline rush for like two seconds and he clipped me real good in the in the in the chest and broke up my ribs but like it was so worth it watching this guy just bug out until he popped it was great <laughs> So I've got a lot of stuff to work out or work through, okay? <laughs> After watching you watch a person pretty much explode themselves. Um that's it it is a really helpful item in combat. It has a drawback, but you know, it it has some refinement to do. Yeah, no, it, and that's his uh that's something he does during his downtime as he researches uh how to make it more effective, how to make it travel faster. It's so good. Uh, All right. God. Well, that I think that concludes our first Blades in the Dark episode. I yeah, hope you guys uh, enjoyed it. And if you did, let us know. Please uh, feel free yeah. to do so. And until uh, next and time, I'm, uh, I'm Billy, and uh, fuck Beta 2 adrenergic receptors. Bye!